You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. First and foremost, hope you're enjoying that 17-degree weather here in Michigan. It's just beautiful, beautiful Michigan weather. And before you know, it'll be 65 degrees and hail. So um, I have a great guest, uh, a good friend of mine that I've known for the majority of my uh, wrestling career from high school to now, Mr. Coach Todd Cheney of the Heart, formerly of the Heartland Eagles. Uh, Coach Cheney, uh, Cheney has coached there, what do you say, over 30 years that you were there? 29. 29. 29 years, yep. <laughs> and um, me and Coach go way back to my, we were trying to talk, you know, usually these podcasts, you, you kind of uh, workshop some things, talk about what, what the topics are going to be. And I had mentioned that our, my school, Lansing, ever used to go to, Hartley said, to have a team tournament in the middle of January. A lot of tough teams there, Monroe, Livonia, Churchill, to name a few, uh, or name a couple at that time. And I, my senior year, wrestled a really good wrestler of yours. Actually, I believe he set the pen record, Joe Tula, who, um, who I wrestled during freestyle our sophomore year. Well, me and Joe wrestle, and I lose a very close but exciting match. And him and Co- uh, Coach Chaney, and I, I forget who was coaching with you at the Coach, time. Coach Pfeiffer back then, and now he's back. Oh, my God. Back as the assistant <laughs> with Summerfield. So oh, small awesome. world came full circle. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> love to mention that. <laughs> so, so you guys come up and say, "Hey, hey, good match, Isaiah. We'll see you at states." Well, circle back, you know, six, seven weeks later, it's me and Joe Tulip wrestling in the blood round of of states to see who's going to place. And I was very fortunate; I was able to get an escape to tie the match and then hit a big throw at the end to to win. And I remember seeing you guys somehow in my mind we were in the same hotel and i remember seeing you guys release after the match a little bit later saying thank you guys because you know what you said really kind of changed my mindset a little bit because i had a really rough day that day but you saw along with my coaches saw that i had potential to have an opportunity to be an all-state wrestler so i i really should be thanking you for the motivation <laughs> although i feel bad it came at the expense of one of your better wrestlers yeah for sure that was uh <laughs> And, you know, that blood round at state or at regionals is that heartbreaking round or the the best round possible. So it's tough. I've been on both ends of it multiple times, and uh, you came out on top of that one. Yeah, you coach long enough, you see you see it a lot. But um, um, through, through there, I've always kept in contact with you. And when I started off at Western my first year as an assistant coach, we went to your team tournament, and it was in a different gym. Yeah, <laughs> new school. Thank goodness. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. I'm like, I don't remember any of this. I went to this tournament for four years. What is, <laughs> what is this right here? It's concessions. They didn't have concession stands like that back in the. But I guess you know you guys built a new school, so that was pretty cool. But um, uh, enough about me. I'm glad to have you on. Tell me how you got involved in this sport of wrestling. Well, believe it or not, I was a basketball kid until high school. A bunch of my older buddies that I hung out with were all wrestlers. And, oh, I think uh, back in eighth grade, I think I scored 99 points in basketball. And I thought I was a basketball player and uh, walked by all my buddies. (laughs) And they're like, dude, you couldn't even score 100. You need to come, come wrestle. And I think I missed an open gym. And I told my dad, hey, I think I'm just going to wrestle. And he's like, what? you you're not going to wrestle. You play basketball. So next day bought myself a pair of shoes and started wrestling. That was it. So back then you could kind of get away with not starting high school wrestling in the, in the eighties. And 
or not scared of wrestling until you were in high school in the 1980s. And uh, it kind of worked out for me. So in high school, you wrestled for Bill Kane. How long was he there at Heartland? So I actually, my freshman year, I wrestled for his older brother, Mike Kane. Um, and then Mike stepped down when Bill got a teaching job in Heartland. And Bill took over my sophomore year. So, so my sophomore, junior, and senior year, I had Bill Kane. My freshman year, I had Mike. Um, and Bill really became my mentor. He's the whole reason why I want to become a teacher and a coach. And um, I kind of mirrored what he did and how he treated people. And it, he just was always good with everyone and uh, was always happy. And I just wanted to be like Bill, basically. And uh, unfortunately, a year and a half ago, we lost him, um, suffered a heart attack at home. And uh, that was kind of tough. We we had a rough go there for a little bit because he was a teacher, principal, athletic director in our community for so long and uh, uh, lost him way too early. Yes, yes. I, it's, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, coaches like Coach Kane, really a mentor for all of us and, and really builds up a lot of great people in the classroom on the mat. So his legacy still lives on within you and all the people that he's had an opportunity to affect. Yeah, absolutely. Your high school, uh, you end up being all state. If I remember correctly, um, you went to my alma mater, Muskegon. Uh, yeah, here, here's my journey. My, uh, let's see my junior, I qualified for the state meet and lost in, what's now the blood round back then they only placed top six. So mm -hmm. it wasn't back then. Um, and then my senior year, I took second, um, wanted to go to Eastern Michigan university, but uh, things just didn't work out there. So when I was told there wasn't a scholarship for me, I talked to my, talked to Bill Kane, my coach and his college roommate was the coach at Western Montana college. Mm -hmm. So I went out to Western Montana college, my freshman year, uh, NAI school that no longer has wrestling. Um, our team finished as national runner up and we, but I didn't really care for it there. It was totally different than what I wanted. So I wanted to transfer back to Eastern, but if you do that, you had to sit out a year cause you transferred division. So right. that was the first year Muskegon brought back their program. And I got a hold of Ron Gaffner and one of my Heartland buddies, you're younger than me said he was going to go wrestle there and ended up going wrestling for Gaffner um, <laughs> and really enjoyed it didn't do as well as I wanted to at the national tournament. Uh, I was one and two at the national tournament. And I just said to Bill Kane, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to come back to finish my teaching degree at Eastern. Um, when I did that, I came and I did a couple open mats in October and he pulled me aside and said, Hey, why don't you just take the job? And I was like, what? I'm only 20. <laughs> and so five Ferris had dropped their program. So Chris Pfeiffer was doing open mats with me and that night the ad called me and said hey i want to hire you as our wrestling coach and he said who do you want as your assistant and i said chris pfeiffer so at the age of 20 and 21 uh we were head and assistant coach at heartland high school gosh that's so like at that time so we're talking about like the early 90s here yep. right um, 90 92 93 92 93 two 20 something year olds taking over a class a program did you ever feel the weight of expectations, both of you at the time? No, we were cocky and arrogant. And I told everybody I had a seven year plan that we were going to win a state title in seven years. <laughs> and everybody kind of laughed and said, what? And, um, we just worked our tail off for, 
for a long time. Well, till now, but just to, to build it up because at the beginning we, our team was last in the league uh, the year before I took over and middle school had like 11 kids and the youth program had like 17 uh, high school team, I think had 19. And so that's it. We built it from there. Mm-hmm. So what was your plan between you and Fife? Uh, how to make this into, you know, arguably one of the best programs in the state of Michigan over the last 25 years? Well, what we said was the first year is kind of a wash, but what's funny is the seniors that year were freshmen on my team when I was a senior. Oh so, <laughs> but I was spoiled because they were a really hardworking group. We weren't talented, but they worked extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had three state qualifiers, I think, and a placer that year. Um, so that was about it. Our, our team was six, seven, and one. Back then, dual meets weren't that big of a deal yet. And and at least the schedule that was set up for me when I got there wasn't set up for dual meets. Um, But then that first year, Fife started coaching the middle school. And then we started to focus a little bit on the youth the next year and just started building it. And actually the second year, the high school football coach asked me to coach with them. So I coached football at Heartland for 26 years. And I coached one year at New Lothrop um, and was fortunate enough to win a state title there for football. So that was kind of fun, but mm-hmm. getting through to those football kids, you could grab some and say, Hey, you need to wrestle. And we just started building our program from there. And then the middle school kids learned the exact same techniques, same te- terminology. Everything was just the same because Fife had them and mm-hmm. that's just how we built it. And then, uh, I said it would be seven years and in year four, we, won a district and regional title and made to the state quarterfinals. Wow. Wow. It, it's such a fast build, but you but I think what's interesting is here is like you had a plan. Although you guys were arrogant and cocky, but you had a plan of how to build this thing up to, to get it to where you're competitive and you're winning district titles and you're winning regional titles and you put yourself in a position to win a state title. Um, that's really cool to hear. And, and I don't think um, a lot of people understand the time and effort it takes to build that. Oh, for sure. And I did, I did probably way more than I should have done with everything. I mean, I jumped in to basically coaching two sports, finishing my teaching degree, getting my master's degree, getting married, starting family. Um, like all of that, I just dove in and I was always just in doing things in Heartland and, and always busy. And I think that's, uh, kind of all I knew until pretty much this year. Mm-hmm. What's it, uh, what's it like interacting with your athletes? Cause you were a teacher interacting with your athletes in the classroom versus, uh, and then taking them into the practice room. Was it ever just like you, you, a kid that's on your team, would they act up and then you'd have to kind of discipline them in practice or would oh, you yeah. ever have any issue with yeah, kids you, being, you know I mean? you're going to have that with, I mean, they're kids, like kids right. are going to make mistakes and yeah, you got to deal with it. Um, I would say that maybe my biggest asset is that I can, I've learned how to push the right buttons on those kids that might make poor choices and, and figure out, okay, we made a poor choice. Now what? So, um, I mean, kids make mistakes. It's going to happen. And, uh, I think the athletic director the, that hired me said, Hey, kids are break your heart. And it happens. I mean, they're going to, and you're going to put a lot of time into them and it's not going to be perfect, but Hey, hopefully from their mistakes, they learn. And I don't think the transition from the classroom to um, the wrestling room is really any different. And for me, a teacher is a coach, a coach is a teacher. It's just you're in different settings. 
Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. So when you started breaking through, I, I'm saying like you went from. I want to say you guys were in Division Two for a while before you became. Yeah, we were. One. We and, um, we were Class B, and then they changed to divisions in '95. And or is that right? No, 96. 96, they changed the divisions. They changed the weights in 95, then they changed them back. And in 96, we went to divisions and we were class A, but then went to class or went to division two in mm-hmm. 96. And that's when we made it to team state, uh, had four state placers, had seven at the state meet in that fourth year in 96. And uh, we were Division Two until 2002. And 2002, we were at that old building, um, <laughs> and we were just bursting at the seams. I think it was – I think the building was set up for, like, 980 students, and we were at, like, 1,200. And uh-huh. then 03, 04, we moved into that new building. Uh, but since we jumped to Division One in 2002, uh, we made it to Team State every year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – just such an impressive run. And then at one, I mean, I think you made to the state semis almost every single year from that run in 2002. Uh, let's see, 2002 and three, we lost in the quarter. So 2004 was the first time that we won at Team State. We were 0 and 4 actually going into 2004. And then we made the state semifinals every year except uh, 08. Yeah, that was the year Holt um, won it. Yeah, until, and actually, I believe we wrestled them first round and had you a did. super close match with them. Yeah. Um, and that was the dual meet. I thought we could have won, but I mean, it just is what it is. Didn't work yeah. out. Um, and then semis until ooh, like, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't have it. In front of me. <laughs> but uh, it might've been until 17, no, mm-hmm. 18, 18. So yeah, that's a fun run. Yeah. Uh, highly successful and everything else F- from one of the things is when your team was getting to the point you're making to the state finals and then you had that string of where you made the state finals and you lost what was it like trying to prepare your athletes to come back year in year out after essentially reaching almost the top of the mountain you know we basically had uh, just kind of our schedule set and everybody kind of knew it okay You're going to have a little bit of preseason, maybe hit some tournaments. A lot of kids played football or played soccer. Then we had our season. Then we planned, okay, are we going to go to Disney? Are we going to go to Boudreaux camp? Are we going to go to Central Michigan camp? And um, we just decided which one we'd do with each group. And that was just kind of it. That's when we trained for those camps. We trained for Disney and then basically had July and August were – we just kind of relaxed or focused on football or whatever it was. And, and that was it. And our schedule was just pretty much the same and people knew what to do. People knew where we could go find open mats and go to camps and things like that. Um, and I, I guess it just became the norm, the mm-hmm. expectations and everyone just said, Oh, Hey, you weren't at open mats this week. What's up? Well, let's, let's go. You need to get up in there. And everybody was just kind of, they were all accountable and it it made it easy when we got in that groove where everybody just understood, Oh, we're going to do this and then this and then this. And that was it. Right. The standard is the standard, (laughs) you know, as you, as you push towards that, I think one of the the cool things that your team was always on the, on the doorstep 
but that 2016 team was pretty special. What, how did that feel to, to finally break through and bring that state title back to the Heartland Eagles? Well, I don't know if you were there. For, uh, I was that. there. I mean, there's a, there was a, a long run there from 04, 05, 06, 07, where we lost in the state championships, state mm-hmm. runner up every time. And, and in 06, we had beaten Davison in the, in the regular season dual meet and we lost to him by one in the state finals. And then the next year we wrestled Rockford and pretty much we knew whoever won the coin flip was going to win the state title and we lost the coin flip. So it was just one of those odd things that was tough. And then 2015, we lost in the state finals again. And then uh, 2016, we finally broke through and it was like everybody I knew Everybody in the Heartland community was there in yellow and it was at central. So everyone was close to the mat Mm -hmm. and it was sold out. It was the first year where they, it was completely packed and it was so loud and so much fun. And uh, yeah, that's something I will never forget. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a great, uh, great thing to witness that as a person that has watched you all those years and just, you know, uh, you've been around wrestling a long time and, and see all the good and, and had I've had my athletes wrestle your athletes. Your kids are always tough and, and do things the right way. So it was, it was nice to see that that mission accomplished, so to speak, and, and having the opportunity to hoist, hoist that, that state championship trophy. Yeah. And that was that group of kids was so much fun. And they just and then not that the teams that I had before them weren't better than them. Uh, but I think this team just it kind of they weren't going to accept losing. They failure was not an option for them when they got to that level. And uh, they did everything that they needed to do that year to win a state title and it made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. So in your opinion, when it comes to uh, communication between a coach and parents, how do you handle that? couple different ways and now technology wise you just got to find what it is that that you like that works for you that that you get used to that makes it so you can communicate with your athletes and parents and whether that be an email or an app or uh, a group chat and a text or anything that you can think of that you just have to find the way that works for you and there's tons of them out there i mean uh i know the new Lothrop crew does things different than I do, but their communication might even be a little bit better because they just use different apps. And uh, I use email and text. So I don't know, right? To whatever a coach can feel comfortable with and make sure that everybody knows what's going on, it'll work. I mean, for me, I had a website, I had Twitter, I had uh, text and emails. I had a team mom that did tons of stuff for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe even a little bit overkill posted my schedule in the locker room posted in the wrestling room. Like it was everywhere for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I mean, the, I think one of the things that coaches sometimes struggle with is how do you communicate with parents and, and, and and setting those expectations and everything else. And how do you communicate your vision to parents? Cause I'm sure in all the time that you have coached, that you had parents that said, why are you doing things this way? How did you handle those kind of things, handle those situations? You know, I really haven't had that much, to be honest with you. It was just, here's what we're doing. And we have had a good buy-in. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's too, though, because I coached our youth club for so long. Um, I mean, from when Bryce was five years old to 
last year, basically halfway through last year or the year before, because last year we didn't, our club didn't roll because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I ran the club every Tuesday, Thursday night. So I'd go to our practice, then I'd go to our club practice. And everyone just understood, hey, here's how it's going to be done. Here's what we're going to do. Um, so I don't think I ever, I mean, yeah, there's been parents that were upset and like tried to tell me, oh, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. And I'm like, actually, I know I don't think I did. So ha- have I been <laughs> wrong before? Absolutely. I'm not trying to say I'm perfect in any way, but, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. I didn't run into that many problems with that. No, that's good. That's good. You, you, you did something, something right there. I got to guess how I can copy that and put that into the next uh, coaching segment. <laughs> um, my last thing for you, for those young coaches that are looking to put their name in and, and be a head coach and have success, what is your advice to them? Communicate. Don't burn bridges because you never know when you're going to have to cross that bridge again. And that's kind of the hardest thing. Sometimes things aren't going to go your way and you've got to deal with it um, in an appropriate manner. You can't let your community see you get hit for a team point. You can't let someone see you act in an inappropriate manner for other people to see and young kids to see. And, and sometimes that's the hardest part for some people. For me, <clears throat> that I mean, I've never really... That's just how I was. I mean, back in the day, if I would have done something wrong, my dad would have smacked me upside my head. So I guess <laughs> it was just put in, put in my head that way that, Hey, here's what you do. You got to do it this way. And, and this is the right way. So that's it. Communicate and make sure you're organized and, and just work hard. That's it. Well, thank you, Todd. That, well said, great words of wisdom for those young coaches out there. I really appreciate you being on the show today. And good luck to you. I know you're in the retirement, so to speak, but you're still a young guy. Who knows? You might jump at an opportunity to be, I don't know, maybe the next coach of the Detroit Lions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one. That's for sure. Uh, You can bite kneecaps of Dan Campbell. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) All right, Todd. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Isaiah. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.